Okay, welcome Australia to the new Stand Up Australia podcast. Stand Up sits down. This week we're sitting down with Peter Harris, who's the leader of the Australian Fed Party and um, one of the founders of Stand Up Australia. So Stand Up sits down with is here to uh, each week to discuss and deconstruct the most relevant events in Australia. We aim to breach the gap between left and right and help lead you close to the truth in a whole range of topics from medical freedom to political correctness. We'll be looking into the most relevant news stories from each week, doing our best to separate fact from fiction so you can make better decisions about which way you want to go politically and personally. So, Peter, welcome uh, to the first podcast of, of many. Thanks, Mitch. How are you doing? Very well, very well. Uh, thanks for t- taking some time out today. I know you're busy, about to head on a, on a road trip around... Um, to come and see me? Yeah, of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, just a quick overview. We're making a few changes at Stand Up. Um, can you tell us a little about what's going on in the next few months? Uh, well, we're, we're, we're launching a new website shortly um, and probably in the next few days, uh, which will continue to expand and build. Uh, the focus is going to be, I, I think that, you know, the days of old where um, we, used to, we used to live individual lives within a, com- within a community. Um, so, you know, if we want to engage in uh, local politics or state politics or the local um, scout club or whatever, whatever to engage, um, and we could withdraw and engage as often as we wanted. So um, what's happened the last few years is um, um, uh, authoritarianism, totalitarianism, which has, um, I guess, invaded the lives of every individual, whether they realise it or not. Um, And we've moved into an authoritarian, totalitarian society which is very, very divided in many respects. So um, stand-up is going to really drive into communities. We're going to be uh, um, uh, starting uh, local groups in called Community Connect groups um, across the country um, with, uh, with leaders and people that are just working uh, with various programs that we run to connect with their local communities, find out what's in the hearts and minds of their communities, which was really what Stand Up was originally about. You know, when we got on the road, it was because we wanted to connect and find out what people were thinking. And uh, we, we were shocked by the degree of concern and um, fear of loss of freedom and all of those elements as we travelled in the first 18 months. So this next phase of Stand Up is about really uh, empowering local communities, um, empowering local stand-up groups um, on on multiple fronts. So no longer can we sort of think of the traditional personal goal-setting elements. What we now have to think about is what's happening at a local government level, what's happening at a state government level, what's happening at a federal government level, and actually what's happening in a global context. Because all of these things are beginning to crowd in and impact the way that we've been living our lives. So Stand Up just wants to get people informed. Um, It wants to equip people. It wants to talk about public policy um, that should be implemented by all parties, not just one party. 
Um, it wants to uh, equip and, um, and connect uh, business owners uh, that uh, have a particular value set that align with stand-up and, st and, 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 and followers of the stand-up program. Um, and there, there, there's just such a big array of things that we want to do to help people at the local level so that we can build an army nationally um, of people that are informed, um, that are activated, and that will engage in, in, in their own personal communities as well as broader society in, in very positive ways so that the majority of people um, can stand up at the at the critical moments, um, and you know we'll probably talk about this as we go forward. But our our traditional political system is now littered with corruption, incompetence, um, and we're seeing billions and billions and billions, if not trillions, of dollars wasted um, because of the incompetence of the representatives that are in parliaments all across Australia now. So stand-up's about you know, bringing people together and bringing an end to the incompetence and bringing about a new era in Australia where we can maximise our potential as, as individuals, but also collectively. Yeah, it's so incompetent and so corrupt now that it's just sort of written off by the public as being normal, isn't it? So normalised. Well, yeah, that, that's the problem. I mean, you, you look at Victoria... Um, the most likely outcome in Victoria is Daniel Andrews and his corrupt government, his corrupt party in Victoria, is probably going to be re-elected because, um, once again, um, there's, uh, there's absolute incompetence uh, within the Liberal Party leadership and uh, strategy, um, and, and Labor just do what they want to do. And people, people just follow it because they don't believe there's any other option on the table. Um, so, you know, part of that is people expecting their politicians to be corrupt and incompetent with, with, and feeling helpless that there's really nothing they can do about it. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. We can actually all stand up. We can all actually make a difference. And it's when we come together collectively that change happens. Um, at the last federal election, 35% of people said, I'm not voting for the traditional ruling parties. Um, whether they went left or right, but they weren't 35, nearly 35% of people said, we're not voting for these people anymore, which is a historic high as far as Australian politics is concerned. So the shift, the move is on. Um, and I suspect that the next federal election federally will hit a tipping point. I think what's going to happen is... Um, at the state levels, it's going to take a bit longer because there needs to be more organisation, there needs to be more unity amongst competing parties, um, and there needs to be um, a game plan which really is all about making the public feel comfortable that there is a safe alternative which is not corrupt, which is not dishonest, and which is not incompetent. Yeah, so just education, basically. Yeah. Yep. Well, and also the leaders need to rise up. So part of the whole stand-up endeavour is to raise up leaders um, across this country, uh, raise up people across this country that can really stand up as leaders in their communities and leaders in their fields of expertise. Um, and 
by by doing that, it's not about one individual. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about Ruby. It's not about uh, any 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 one charismatic individual um, saying, "Here I am with all the answers." It's about raising up an army of highly capable people. If 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 nothing else, over the last eighteen months, we've met amazing people. We've met incredibly capable people. You know, you, you look at um, Associate Professor uh, Dr. Christopher Neal, uh, who's doing a tremendous work. He's now president of the Australian Medical um, Profession Society, uh, which is sort of a union um, for, um, for, the, for the medical profession. They've got a big conference on in uh, Melbourne um, this Saturday. Um, and... You know, they're, they're putting forward their professional expertise. They're putting their careers on the line because they're challenging the, the narrative and the status quo of an incompetent and corrupt system. Um, and, you know, we've got lawyers or former lawyers and, and retired lawyers and lawyers that are challenging the system and asking questions of people like Brett Sutton. Um, you know, what was the basis for your lockdowns? What was the basis for your mandates? And these guys can't answer these questions. Um, and that's scary when you think that there's legislation empowering an individual who doesn't know the reason why he mandated lockdowns, masks and all sorts of conditions, which have led to the deaths of many people. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, it's a mess. And um it's a mess because uh, change is afoot and change is coming. Um, the existing order is coming to an end and they're going to fight to hang on as they always do, but the people always stand up. And that's not just me making a loose statement. That is, if you look at every um, uh, economic historian, if you look at historians, every um, uh, world order or, or power or order regime, whatever you want to call it, comes to the end at the hands of the people that are dissatisfied with it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's a really good segue into our, into our first sort of news story this week. Um, it, it, it's um, in regards to Daniel Andrews and his shoddy handling of the pandemic. But at the moment, obviously, you know, you've spent a bit of time in Victoria recently. Um, there is a triple zero crisis, they're calling it. Uh, we all know what it really is. But um, Daniel Andrews is blaming the triple zero crisis on the unprecedented pandemic and an increase in COVID cases. Uh, well, you know, Dan Daniel Andrews, I've said it before in various um, um, presentations, as far as I'm concerned, lies through his teeth without... Uh, supporting um, or, or, or substance to back up his claims. Um, mm. So, so let, let's unpack that a little bit. Um, for, first of all, um, the people running the triple zero service, the people running the ambulance system, the people um, uh, that are out there working hard are phenomenal. Um, and uh, what happens when you have a breakdown in the healthcare system they, they, they do what they call ramping ambulances, which is essentially using them as additional hospital beds so that, you know, they've got no capacity to take people in. Now, from my personal experience, I, um, um, as you know, Mitch, I, I had a heart attack on April the 22nd in Victoria. Um, 
And my experience was very different to what we're hearing in the media. I had an ambulance there within three minutes. The paramedics saved my life. And uh, there's no question uh, that the talent of the people within the system is phenomenal and the people are so committed. Um, but what, what this is the corruption and incompetence. You see, the Victorian government has wasted billions and billions and billions of dollars on a whole range of uh, projects. Um, and let's just talk about above the board projects, let alone the corrupt projects. But, you know, Daniel Andrews have, has a personal staff of 500 people, according uh, to the media. You know, we've got all these different things going on in Victoria. And what's needed is more funding um, and, 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 and more support on the ground. Now, whether that's because of a pandemic or whether it's because of an experimental vaccine which is injuring people, whether it's because... Um, uh, big corporates are imposing processed food on people and, uh, and we're getting sicker and sicker as a community. I think the latest um, ABS stats were that 25% of adult Australians have chronic health issues. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the, the Department of Health federally has published that 50% of kids have chronic health issues. And, you know, guess what? We don't know where those, where those chronic illnesses came from because we don't look for them. It's not popular no. with our corporate donors to look for where the problems are occurring. Um, so, you know, to, to blame it on one thing, one is um, treating the population with contempt. Uh, two, it is misleading the population. Um, and three, it is sweeping under the carpet the complete and absolute corruption and, and incompetence of the Daniel Andrews government. And, and let's be honest, in reality, every government in Australia, because they've become so entrenched, um, they're, they're used to spinning their yarns to get, um, to get the monkey off their back with the people. And the people have traditionally bought their, uh, their crap They've traditionally bought their garbage, but people are now becoming more informed and people are questioning it. And, and their old ways are just not uh, spinning them out of trouble anymore. So believe me, the triple zero service operators, the people that work hard in, in the system are, have never worked harder and they're trying to keep up. But it's the incompetence of the representatives that we have there um, and how they allocate resources, how they behave, all these different things that have been allowed to happen that crumble the system. And this is the new order that I'm talking about. The system mm. crumbles, they end, and we fix all of the things that they missed. Yep. And this is, this is it, isn't it? It's not one thing. It's a multitude of things. Obviously, we know, and there's no real way to prove, but there are um, increased call-outs for vaccine injuries. There's, there is more COVID around. Um, we've, we've been told by the politicians that you get the shot, you'll be sweet, there'll be no need for an ambulance, but that, we're not seeing that. We're seeing, obviously, less severe cases coming out now, but there are still people going to hospital with COVID. They're going there for other reasons. They're going because of the lockdown and increased um, uh, you know, health issues from living bad over that time and not been able to go for cancer, cancer screenings, diabetes. You've seen those two yeah. uh, um, mortality statistics shoot up 
in the official Australian statistics mm. in the in the last six months. It's been quite extraordinary. Yeah, and there, and there's a big question mark about how deaths are being reported, and hopefully you'll have Chris, Dr. Christopher Neal on here soon. Um, but um, the, you know, there's some skullduggery in the numbers um, clearly, and and I think these. Um, it's becoming so multifaceted, all, all of the lies. And, you know, when I, I was always taught when I was young, um, if you tell a lie, you've got to remember what you said and you've probably got to tell another lie to cover the lie. And here we are a long way into this entrenched system of lies and uh, it just keeps getting worse. And sooner or later, the people wake up and go, oh, this is... This is not working for me anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it's all coming out. You know, traditionally, a newspaper like The Age, who's been quite favourable to the Labor government, especially in the last couple of years. Um, I mean, the last two, these two stories, the next one here is just what you were saying, was about uh, the triple zero chief pushed out after a funding plea in 2015. So, someone's to resign. got to be blamed. Someone's got to be yep. blamed. <laughs> yeah, yep. so, you know, just there, that there's no funding, and then they say we need... We need to save our hospital system. But they obviously don't think the same thing behind closed doors, do they? Yeah. Well, you've got to go back to zero. You've got to, you've got to go back to a cause-based health system and say, why are people getting sick? No one's doing that. No one's going back and saying, why is it that our communities, our kids, our adults are getting sicker and sicker and sicker, yep. yet we roll out? I mean, there's a great book called Virus Mania, um, and um, I, uh, you know, I, I won't mention the, the guy's name. He's a scientist. He works for a politician and uh, very, very pro all of the vaccines and pro the COVID vaccine and all of those sort of things. And I express my opinion that I thought the COVID vaccine was experimental, which it is, um, according to the TGA website and all of the reports around the world. I don't know why it's so hard for people to admit that but it is experimental and, and remains experimental. Um, and um, he said, no, no, it's all, it's all fine. He read this book, Virus Mania, and phones me up out of the blue and apologises to me. He said, everything I was taught at university and everything, the whole, the whole narrative, I've been lied to all these years. And wow. uh, horrified by what's been going on. And, um, and you know, he um, he wants to do something about it from within his position, um, working for a politician. And the reality about it is, um, you know, people are being lied to on so many fronts. And uh, and and the more information we can get out there, the more people we can just make aware, make sure they're informed so that they can have proper discussion and question what's going on in society, the quicker we'll bring a revolution of change in this country. Definitely, definitely. And if, if anybody wants to read that book, it's by a guy called Torsen Engelbright and yeah. his co-author, Sam, um, Sam, is it Sam Bailey? Samantha? Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it is Samantha Bailey. We're going to yeah. try and get copies and put them on the stand-up website because we think it's such a fundamental book of the corruption of the system over multiple, um, well, generations of, of viruses and, um, you know, AIDS, you go back to polio, you go back to a whole lot of things where it really unpacks the truth of what's been going on. 
Yeah, another one, another really good one on the topic is one called Dissolving Illusions by Susan Humphreys and mm. she goes through the same sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. it, um, you know, whether or not you um, believe in germ theory or terrain theory, um, it, it's clear that the healthier your body, the less likely you're going to get sick. So, that's right. And yeah. that's, that's as simple as it is. Um, and it's, it's astonishing to see so many people who have comorbidities who are scared of the virus but don't do anything to change yeah. the way they live. Yep. Exactly, and, and, and become informed. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's like one of my kids, you know, who, who, has, who has some uh, challenges from time to time financially. It's not the fact that there's a lack of earning. It's the fact that there's a lack of being informed about how to manage money. And yep. you can only lead a horse to water. You can't force it to drink. So what we want to be at Stand Up is that water pool and anyone's welcome um, to come and have a sip of knowledge, to come uh, become informed and, and to have uh, communities where they can actually have some debate and discussion. You know, debate's not a bad thing. Um, have, having a, a disagreement about whether something's um, um, approved or experimental is not a bad thing because it challenges everybody's thinking. Mm. Um, yep. So in this country, debate has become a bad thing. Challenging um, uh, someone in a white jacket saying something has become a bad thing. The problem is there's a whole heap of people in white jackets that are challenging that same white jacket person. Yeah, um, yeah. And But the media don't want to report that. And that's why we're doing these podcasts as well. Yep. Yep. Um, just going back or circling back uh, to what you were saying about the vaccines being um, experimental and tying that into the increased triple zero reports. I've pulled this story up from three months ago, which I read uh, about the COVID vaccine anxiety triggered mass dash to emergency rooms, including in, this is this is the age admitting that there has been um, adverse reactions coming in. They, they write it off as being anxiety because they've read that they can cause certain things, but um, that that's yeah, proof right there that but what knowledge part of the problem. What knowledge do they have to write it off as anxiety anyway? No, I mean, well, they don't. They, they're people that copy other journalists mostly. I mean, uh, you know, the, the whole media segment um, has, um, has uh, battled because um, it's, uh, you know, it doesn't do its um, investigative journalism anymore. What it does is it, is it copies. And, um, and because it copies everything, you know, it gets a life of its own and misinformation gets out there. I know that because I quoted a statistic to a journalist once many years ago, and that statistic got out there and it got reported in every newspaper around the country. And my own PR guy came to me and said, where did that number came, come from? I said, you told it to me. He said, no, this is the number I gave you. And, uh, and, and I said, well, wow, at least we now know that they don't do their research. Mm. <laughs> So yep. it was a learning experience from that. Um, I've lost power on my computer. Just give me a moment to fix it. Sorry, Mitch. Yeah, sure thing. There we go. No worries. I actually, actually um, on that topic, when I was studying journalism quite a long time ago, um, even back then we were told that because papers just don't make money anymore, they've, 
they'd cut the amount of journalists working for the papers. And each journalist was expected to do at least seven stories a day. Mm, mm. So they don't have time. So when I studied public relations, the whole, the whole um, theory behind public relations is learning how to write journalistic stories. Because you give it to the journalists, all they do is change change a couple of things and then post uh, publish it uh, to make right. their they, quota. They haven't got the time to research. And, um, and look, there's a lot of great journalists out there that have been prepared to bite the bullet and go out on their own. I mean, that's one of the policies that uh, I think we should be promoting throughout the country is funding um, independent investigative journalism rather than big institutional media groups like the ABC. Um, I'm not saying abandon the ABC, but I think you've got to get a whole. If you if you want to use public money, um, you've got to got to make sure that it's working for the public, not just for people who've got an agenda. Yeah, would you say the ABC is a lot like the BBC though? Just it's a propaganda arm of the government. Oh well, I think a lot of these organisations were set up that way in the first place. Um, and yes, I I do think that because at the end of the day. Um, if you allow your chairman and CEO to be appointed by the government of the day, then it will always be a propaganda machine for the narrative of that government. Yeah. Um, even though they'll scream from the rooftops their independence and you know all of those sort of things, yeah. um, what the, the reason why they change heads of departments when the government changes is because they want their people in place. So the traditional nature of the public service, which was to be independent and advise government, has, has changed. It's, it's changed 180 degrees. What they've now become is instruments of the government to promote their propaganda by appointing their people into the high uh, bureaucratic positions. So the only time these organisations like the ABC won't become uh, arms of the government is when they can independently appoint their leadership teams like chair people, um, CEOs, uh, senior executives, all those sort of things without interference from government. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, our next story sort of goes into the propaganda of the media because the whole of 2020 and 2021, we heard how illegal it was for people to be protesting and uh, fighting against the government and their recommendations which we all know were never laws um and that has culminated in the dropping of protesters charges um firstly we had um solohin am i saying that right solohin millen who was one of the was one of the organizers of uh one of the first protesters that That's i heard right. about um in melbourne so he's had his charges dropped um and after, but he was after, after being charged for inciting the Freedom Rally in Melbourne in September 2020. So that was quite an early one. Mm -hmm. So he's 78 years old and he's been dropped. We've had Monica Schmidt, who's had her charges dropped. We've just had the mother in Ballarat. Uh, her name is her name is Zoe Butler. Mm -hmm. Had her charges dropped. We've had Avi Yemeni, who's been who's had an apology from the police and had his charges dropped. So. Does this say to you that this was all just smoke and mirrors? Well, what it says to me is there's an election coming up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and let's clear the decks for the election so that we're not seen to have been unreasonable in the way we've behaved. Um, the, you know, it's, it's traditional um, politics in, in its worst way. Um, 
and these things should never have happened in the first place. Yet they clear they clear the decks, but don't ever think because they've done this that they haven't enshrined legislation where they can do it again in the blink of an eye. And they will. They'll do it when there's an election four years out. They'll mm. do it when it suits their agenda. Um, so people shouldn't be conned by um, someone like Daniel Andrews clearing the decks for an election. So he's seen, well, you know, no one's on incitement charges. No one's on this. No one's on that. So, so once again, th this is corruption. This is police laying a charge and suddenly dropping a charge, most likely at the directive of the government, which is corruption. <laughs> and laying the yeah. I'm not saying laying the charge in the first place was right, but what you've now got is um, further corruption, undoing something they did, which they've now realised is going to antagonise a proportion of the community. Um, who might have a strong voice to say, well, I've been charged with incitement and I was charged unlawfully and, you know, getting into the court system and challenging, challenging the judges and their interpretations and all those sort of things. So it's just better to clear the deck so we don't have any of this for an election. Yeah. Okay. So it's just election based. It's not because they know that they can't actually... Um... Convict these well, people. They, they, they might be worried about, you know, they might have had advice um, from the uh, Attorney General that their position is not sustainable. Um, that that might be it. But, uh, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar that the political imperative is the driver more so than a legal um, uh, technical discussion because, yeah. you know, government can always outspend an individual. Yeah, and I guess these for a, a quite high profile too. They were all over the news at the time. Mm. And I do know other people that are still going through the court system right now who aren't so high profile. Yeah. Uh, one girl who, has, who, um, who we'll be speaking to in the next few weeks who's got a court case in January um, and that has not been thrown out. So you're right, maybe this is just a, a PR play. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm a cynic when it comes to all these things. I mean, I... I, I nothing happens in government and within their bureaucracy without it being, you know, without it being strategized and scenarios being put forward and discussed about what's best for the government. Um, yep. And um, maybe that's what we want them to do, but we'd rather they were doing that in terms of how they can maximize the potential of our economies, of our communities and um, all of those elements rather than how they're stitching people that have been vocal about government behavior. Mm, yep. All right. Well, the, the next story I've got here, Peter, is um, about the the new boosters. Have you heard much mm. about them yet? Well, look, I haven't done a lot of reading on the new boosters, but I talked to um, people that do know a lot about it, and um, and nothing's changed. It's all it's all still experimental. <laughs> mm. Not only is it uh, still experimental, but the new boosters were never were never tested on human beings. That's right. Yep. You know, Brett, Brett Sutton uh, relied on reports that um, discovered a virus in the kidneys of monkeys. That, that <laughs> yeah. was his basis for lockdowns in Victoria. So nothing's changed. They, they're still just running um, whatever agenda they want without any substance and without the majority of the population questioning their behavior. Well, what they're saying now is, even even though it hasn't been approved, the 
the COVID vaccine has not been approved. It's been authorised and the approved version in the United States has not been made available to anybody yet, which is community. It's actually called community here too, but it's, um, don't be confused. They are both the experimental jabs. Um, the new booster, which protects against Omicron BA4 and BA5, was tested on just eight mice for the Pfizer trials and 16 to 20 mice in the Moderna trials. Mm. It was shown to increase antibody levels to Omicron. And, and we question why triple zeros overrun. Yeah. <laughs> well, they know they're safe. They know they're safe, Peter. Yeah, so that's for, why they don't need mice, to test them on human mice. beings. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and now and, that we're, and, yeah. You know, and how do we know that um, uh, really uh, even that information is correct about the mice? You know, it's, you've you got to have animal, you've got to have human trials, you've got to have all sorts of trials. And that's why it's traditionally taken 12 to 15 years to introduce a new drug into the system because they have to go through extensive testing. And yep. even if they started this from day one of this whole COVID situation, um, what are we, two and a half, three years into it now, they're, they're a quarter of the way through the due diligence process of any other drug development. Yeah, yeah. Especially such a novel one like mRNA. Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's the other big issue, isn't it? The new technology being applied. So it's not only a new drug, it's a new approach to drugs. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see the actual data come out in a couple of years to say it was tested on only eight mice because the other 992 that's died. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or refuse to participate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had the first, but wouldn't take the second. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the last, the last story we've got today, um, we are keeping this pretty concise um, for the first podcast, but the last story today is a very important one. We have the second round of public hearings coming up for the World Health Organization's um, pandemic treaty. So they will be accepting um, anybody's hearing um to uh, to submit videos up to 97 oh sorry 90 seconds um and yeah so anybody can sort of um can can submit their video and say what the question okay the question that they want you to answer is based on your experience with the COVID-19 pandemic what do you believe should be addressed at the international level to better protect against future pandemics. And this is happening on the 29th to the 30th of September, so the end of the month. Well, the first thing that um, someone should put into a video, maybe I will or you can, Mitch, is that um, the World Health Organization should keep out of international pandemics because they just make everything worse. Um, they changed the uh, definition of pandemics in 2009, uh, which led to a, a slate of pandemics um, that they announced, um, uh, you know, throughout the last uh, 13 years. Um, this last one has been the deadliest for the world, not from the actual virus, but from the uh, ramifications and consequences of, um, of uh, you know, their recommended lockdowns and mask wearing and all these sorts of different things that they imposed on the world. The truth is... Um, the World Health Organization needs to stay the hell out of Australia. All right. We've got 
health and medical professionals in this country. We've got a health system in this country that if we allow it to do what it's meant to do, we're well and truly equipped to look after ourselves and to maintain our sovereignty. We don't need a World Health Organization to tell our government who will comply immediately under Anthony Albanese or Scott Morrison or whoever comes uh, in the future, which obviously we're about stopping. Um, but um, they'll, just, they'll just automatically comply. And yep. what that means is loss of freedom, loss of sovereignty, loss of power to the Australian people at the interference of an international agency that has massive credibility issues. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, the second round, the reason they're at the second round is because the African nations rejected their first round. But the second round of discussion should be keep the hell out of our country. Well, yeah, it, it should be. Um, unfortunately, Peter, I don't think you're going to make the, the final cut <laughs> with your with your video, um, just because <laughs> at the bottom of the of the webpage there it says uh, the WHO secretariat will be taking into account the need to ensure propriety, appropriateness, and decorum during the public hearings, as well as gender balance and equitable geographical representation. What, what was my problem? Decorum, keep the hell out of my country. Yeah, yeah I think decorum and also appropriateness. Um, your pseudoscientific beliefs probably will not be um, appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> pseudoscientific so um so the tga says experimental i guess that is pseudoscientific because i'm believe, believing the tga and pfizer's <laughs> documents <laughs> yep yep so i don't like our chances there so basically this is a bit of a um a show a show trial um we all know yeah. this is going to pass um the the detractors from this will say well you know it's not it still has to pass through Congress uh, or it has to pass through Parliament um, to actually become law in the country. They don't have power over us. But we all know that if we do sign this treaty, the politicians will just follow suit with the WHO. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We've signed lots of treaties that we've never followed in the past. I mean, we, 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 we've got a treaty on, um, on reserves of oil onshore, um, which we don't comply with. Um, so, that, you know, it just depends on what suits the political agenda uh, in terms of which international treaty we'll comply with. I mean, the High Court of Australia from Mabo legislation um, recognised that there were two rules of law in Australia and in relation to First Nation law and, and Commonwealth law. And it then went on to say, however, we will ignore modern legislation and international treaties in the event that the First Nation laws um, threaten the skeletal framework of, of Commonwealth laws. So this is a country which is well used to ignoring international laws um, when, when it suits, and it's well used to following international laws when it plays to an agenda that everyone wants to work with at a political level. So, you know, what we need to do is this is the reason why people across the country at the local level need to stand up and we need to get people elected into local government. We need to get people elected into state government and we need to get people elected um, into federal government because we need to stop these situations emerging. And the only reason they emerge is because 
the few people that represent the masses um, are corrupted by their parties and are incompetent in relation to how to deal and represent people. So the World Health Organization is once again one of the problems, but there are mega agencies like the World Economic Forum and other organizations mm. that have their way with a few people um, which impact the masses. And this is what, what I'm saying. The masses are going to stand up. The masses are standing up. Um, the masses are going to reject all of this. So the further government and oppositions go down the pathway of compliance, the angrier the people get. They just don't understand that. Yep, yep. And like, if you look at the the WHO, they they get their advice from. I couldn't find the exact link, but I will try to find it. And put it in the show notes for this. They get their advice from philanthropy. They get it from they get it from the medical industry. They get it from um, from pharmaceutical companies, and they're all funded by the same people. And then the WHO itself, second biggest funder is Bill Gates. And the third biggest funder after that, I believe, is Gavi, who was funded by Bill Gates. So they're going to get what they want when it comes to this. But well, you're right. If the people allow them, the people yeah. will ultimately say no, as they did at the federal election. 30, 35% of people not voting for the traditional parties that rule a country is massive, and no one's talking about it. Mm. And this is big news. And then they go on to say, well, the Greens did well. No, the Greens did appallingly badly. The Greens got a 1% bump. They might have won a couple of uh, more local seats in the lower house, but they got a 1% bump nationally at a time of um, mass protest voting. The biggest mass protest vote in the history of Australia, they picked up one percentage point of it. So yep. it's not going to the traditional groups. And what that tells us is that people uh, are desperate for change, people are desperate for an alternative, and they're prepared to voice themselves by going to uh, micro alternatives in the short term. But once the real alternative rises up, these two um, uh, ruling parties have got no hope of survival. Liberals are dead because they will never recover those uh, independent seats they lost to the Teals. Yeah. Um, so, and, and Labor are there by default. No one's got a mandate here. Um, yeah. no, one's, no one's got, you know, they, Labor got elected off the lowest primary vote in history. So all I'm saying is people are waking up and the more they go down the pathways of the WHOs, the WEFs, the United Nations, all of these different things that are seeking con to control and control countries, um, the more the people are going to revolt. Yeah. Is, is there an um, opportunity to combine power and maybe create like a super, a super party at the next election? Because I know it was spread out over sort of like spread out thin over quite mm. a few different parties, you know, with, with the Oz Feds and, and One Nation and, and uh, you know, countless others. Um, what, yeah, I, what are your I, thoughts I, about that? Oh, look, I, I've got a, a, um, a pretty big array of thoughts around that. I think that um, it's like a new market. It's like, it's like, a, it's a, it's like a new um, market segment that's just emerging. Um, what people are realising here is that there's an opportunity to bring down the incumbent players, okay? 
So lots of people are forming up their own initiatives to try and be that player. Um, so it's, it's probably a bit like the tech industry. You know, everyone's trying to bring down Meta or, or Facebook. Everyone's trying to bring down Microsoft or Google or, you know, whatever you want to name. Um, and so there's a million and one players behind the scenes. Now, if all those players got together, would they become one big mass operation that can overtake Microsoft or Facebook or one of those organisations? Probably not. But what's going to happen from all of this is people are waking up. Every group is impacting different segments of the community. Um, generally, people are supporting each other with um, uh, preference recommendations. But at some point, there'll be one group that suddenly goes kabang and resonates with the broader community. And that will be, that, that will set the tipping point. That will be the new era. That will be what people jump on board with. So it's, it's not really a problem in my mind that there are heaps of micro groups out there pushing and, and, and trying different angles and trying to do different things because sooner or later, one or two or five of them will break through and you'll see massive change. Um, yep. And that's what this is all about. So, you know, stand-up is not the be-all and end-all to everything in terms of um, uh, providing information and resources and so on, but we're part of an effort to bring about revolution in this country so that Australians get their country back. Um, and... You know, it doesn't really matter if stand-up is there in five years, 10 years, 15 years or not. What matters is that the country is reaching its full capacity and full potential through honest, transparent and competent governance. And that's what really I think everything is about now is about, um, you know, awakening people. The other thing in stand-up that we have to do is help people to reach their own potential. A nation can only reach its full potential if, if, if individuals are reaching their potential. Um, and part of an individual reaching their potential is being informed. Yep, yep, definitely. The many hands make light work strategy. Mm. You know, and in the end, like I don't like to use this um, analogy when talking um, positively about a society, but we are all cogs in a machine if we, and if we are greased up properly and we all, we're all turning at the the same rate and doing the, the same job as each other, it makes everything else easier, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. If everyone's, you know, if there's a common vision, if everyone's pulling together towards that vision, then the potential, the flow of everything is phenomenal. And we all, we've all been involved in things that flow well, and we've all been involved in things that don't flow well. Um, and the, 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 the difference between the two is massive, obviously, in terms of the dynamics, the culture, the attitudes, all of those sort of things. So at some point, all of these political, little polit political parties that are out there, and that's one of the things people have been saying to us as we've travelled around the country and met in small groups all over the country, is, you know, everyone needs to join together. Well, you know, I think, I think ultimately what happens is that one group evolves or emerges with, with answers that are seen by the mass as being credible and the bulk of people jump on board. One of my uh, favourite videos, and I'm just trying to think who gave it to us, was a guy dancing on the side of a hill by himself. And there's a range of people just sitting around. And after a few minutes, another guy came and started dancing. 
And the commentator to this video was saying, that's, that's the first follower, which is the most important person in the whole game because this guy is now a leader. Before, he was out there by himself in the fringe looking like a lunatic, but now he's leading someone. He's got a follower. And then a couple of other people joined, and then it showed the momentum, and it got to about 30 to 40% of everyone that was there. And then after that, suddenly it was like a landslide of people joining in and jumping on board because, as the commentator said, oh, once you, know, you get to that 30 40% critical mass, everyone else goes, hang on, this isn't dangerous for me to join anymore. I'm not going to look like a lunatic. I'm not going to look like a fool, so I'll get involved. And, 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 that's, and that's the momentum that's going to build here. So, you know, there would not be a major, I don't even like calling them major, there would not be a political party that could be sitting on its laurels right now. They probably are, um, particularly the Labor Party, um, saying everything's okay. Because I tell you now, it's not. The writing's on the wall. There's an avalanche of change about to occur in this country. Yep, yep. I, I agree, I agree. And I, I love that video. I've seen that a few times and it's yeah. fantastic. I forgot what it was called. I'd give the link if I knew it. Yeah. We'll try and find it. We'll put it yeah. in the show notes for people so they can see it. But it's it's pretty inspiring, um, especially to see the guy, how he is dancing. He's got does, doesn't have a care in the world. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> oh, that, that's amazing. We might leave it there for this week, Peter. Um, uh, but this week, um, sorry, next week, we will be sitting down with Jamie McIntyre awesome. to, to discuss uh, the current events and um, what he's doing. And I know he's into quite a few causes. He's doing some great work. So it'll be interesting to hear from him. Um, uh, yeah, so just wanted to say, if you've gained some value from this podcast today, just donate to Stand Up by visiting standupnowaustralia.com.au. Uh, check out our new site, which will be released in the next couple of days. Uh, buy some merchandise or just click on the donate button or just look if you can't do that just share share this with your mates and make sure that the information is getting out there that's probably the best thing you can do but thank you peter um good luck with your your trip coming up and i look forward to seeing you when you're in queensland yeah looking forward to it and thanks for all your effort and what you're doing uh for the cause as well so we appreciate it i'm honored to be able to work with you guys thanks mate Cheers, mate. See you later. Bye.